Loving Father, we thank you that even though we are still in lockdown and isolation, we are never far from you. We thank you that through the wonders of technology, we can come together to worship you and demonstrate the reality of your love through word and deed. We pray, Lord, for those who are finding this time especially difficult, those who are lonely, those who are suffering abuse, those who are concerned about jobs, Help them to find peace, patience, and calm through, the time, through this time of worship. We continue to remember, give thanks, 
and pray for those whose work and dedication is a cause of concern for them and their families. Loving Lord, help us to remember that we all have a part to play in this pandemic. Help us to recognize that you have given us so much to share, more than we can ever begin to express. You have given us joy that knows no bounds, mercy beyond all our understanding, hope that can never be exhausted, and peace that passes all understanding. Teach us to share these gifts with others and bring glory to your name. Amen. Good morning and welcome along again to our online service where we will sing, we will read, we will join in communion together. Thank you to Leonora who led us in prayer this morning uh, and thank you for her input into the, the service. It's always good to have some different voices take part in it. Just to let you know again about some announcements that have been going on. The life of our church has been put on hold somewhat, of course, because of the pandemic at the minute, but there are some things still happening. We have our prayer and praise times each Tuesday and Thursday at noon, and then on Sunday morning, if you didn't, weren't able to be part of this morning's at half ten, which is Sunday at half ten, uh, you can tune in then also. Let you know that Storehouse is continuing as well. It's at one o'clock to two o'clock on Tuesdays to Thursdays. You can come along and leave any items for Storehouse just at the back of the church. There are always crates out there. If there are perishable items, then you can knock the door and either we'll collect them from you or you can leave them just inside the door. One other announcement is our thankfulness challenge, which we have been set. These sheets are available on Facebook, or if you didn't get one, we can email one to you if you would like one of them. And it simply asks us to take up the, the thankfulness challenge and to name three things we're thankful for each day. Take a note of them. You can write or draw them or put them in those boxes and then send them back to us and we'll be able to publicize and put those on Facebook. The last thing is to say before our service continues that we are having communion this morning. If you didn't see any of the advanced warnings of that, now is your time. So you could maybe pause this and go and get yourself a, a cup with some, uh, some liquid in it and also a piece of food, whether that's bread or something else. Then we'll be joining in communion together. But first, we're going to be read to from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Okay. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thank you, Isaac and Ruby, for reading for us. Oh, they're 
like to thank Johnny for giving me the invitation to come along and say a few words to you today. I want to tell you about some of those early days, being a disciple of Jesus and what it was like to follow him and maybe something a little bit about the early church. And I know you've had that reading from Acts chapter 2. So I want to tell you a little bit about the background of that, maybe some other stories about it and let you know a little bit about how it was to be a disciple of Jesus. I mean, it was amazing. We did some really cool stuff. Didn't all start like that way. Like it, it was difficult at the start. There were times when Jesus was doing all this kind of weird stuff and saying some really weird stuff. And for us as his disciples, it was quite hard at times to get our heads around. Like he used to say this really demanding stuff, stuff that you would wonder why we were even following him at times. But he did some really cool stuff as well. Like he raised... Lazarus from the dead. He was able to heal people who were hundreds of miles away. I mean, we would never have got there in time, but Jesus just said the word and the boy was healed. We saw people getting up off the ground who had been lame. We saw a man who was blind from birth who could see. We saw some amazing stuff. And at times you think Jesus would be really serious about all that kind of stuff. But Jesus, Jesus was good crack as well. Like there were some really funny times that we had with him. There were times when we laughed a lot. All of us, we were in hysterics at some of the stuff Jesus was doing. And some of the stuff he was saying. There were, used to be crowds of us when we got together. Jesus wouldn't pick on like the poor people. Jesus wouldn't pick on the people who couldn't defend themselves. Jesus went for the Pharisees, which was, which was really funny. And they didn't know what to do. They squirmed. They couldn't answer him. He knew exactly what to say to them. It was almost like he knew how to get under their skin, just to rile them, just to get them to respond to it. It, it was hilarious. And then there were times when he did stuff that freaked people out. Like he turned water into wine. Didn't say anything. We knew it as his mum knew, but nobody else knew. People were freaking out about this stuff. Like it, it was amazing to be part of it. I suppose even my name in a way just shows how funny it was at the time. Like my name's Simon Peter and people used to call me that. But when I became part of Jesus' disciples, like they used to kind of slag me a little bit. They used to call me The Rock, which, you know, sometimes it was because I'm quite a strong guy. I mean, I've been a fisherman for years and so I, I can handle myself quite well. And against all these younger guys... I, I could usually fight them quite easily and turn them upside down and they'd be squealing for mercy at the end of it. But they used to call me The Rock because I, I've never really been educated and so some of the stuff Jesus said used to just confuse me. I didn't really know what he was talking about. In fact, it used to confuse all of us. If the rest of the disciples were honest, they didn't have a clue at times what he was saying or doing either. But they used to call me The Rock because I was a, I didn't have all the brains. I was a little bit thick at times. The obvious stuff just went over my head. And, and so they used to call me the, the Rock or Stonehead occasionally and all this kind of other stuff. But there was one day when Jesus turned that on his head. We were near Caesarea Philippi and we were laughing and joking. We were having just some fun. And Jesus started talking about him dying and all this stuff, which we just didn't get. And he turned to me and he said... You are the rock. And so I thought he was going to give me a bit of slag and I thought he was going to give me a bit of abuse about what I was wearing that day and just some of the questions that I'd asked him. And he said, you are the rock on which I'm going to build my church. 
which blew my mind. I mean, I wasn't any better than the rest of those guys. I mean, John was more intelligent than me. Some of the others really knew what it was all about, but, you know, he was going to build his church on me. Which was incredible. But made it all the harder when, when I denied him. At that moment when he needed me the most, I, I admitted that I didn't know him. I told all the people around me that I had nothing to do with him. And that nearly broke my heart afterwards. When I heard the cock crow those three times, it, it was nearly the end of me. Jesus' death destroyed all of us for a while. We didn't really know what to do. We kind of gathered together because we had no one else that, that had been through it like we had. And then for him to rise again. Boo! We knew he'd talked about it. We knew he'd said some of that stuff. But we didn't really expect it. Which was incredible. All that he had said had come true. And in the time that we'd been with him, he had taught us some stuff. Like he'd taught us all about what the, the Torah had said. He taught us all about what this Bible had been and how it all pointed to him. And until he rose again, it hadn't really clicked. It hadn't fallen into place. But when he rose again, it did. And the joy was incredible. Everybody was going nuts. Like it was, it was unthinkable. And then he told us he had to leave. He had to ascend to the Father. And that, that was nearly as hard as him being arrested, as him being killed and crucified. But we were given the Holy Spirit. And when that day of Pentecost came, me as uneducated Simon Peter, who really wouldn't stand up and talk to anybody unless you were a fish, I was able to stand up in front of these whole crowds of people and tell them all about who Jesus was and what he had done. And the first time I did that, I was relying wholly on the Holy Spirit. Didn't have any other help but the Holy Spirit. Just gave me what to say. I was inspired and thousands of people came to faith that day. I mean, the, the church that we set up and Jesus set up for us, it just blew everything away. It grew incredibly in those first days. Still does. It's still going. Still his church. It's still continuing to grow. But for us, after he left, when we had each other to rely on, there was something that kept us going. And that was our daily habits, our daily routines, our daily rituals at that time. We met together, we broke bread, we read about what Jesus had done, we thought about what he had done, we were led, we prayed to him and we asked the Holy Spirit to guide us in these days. And he came through. He did amazing things. You can read that in the book of Acts, all about what we did. But then in Acts chapter 8, we were scattered. And so we, we were persecuted. The, the religious people at that time started to enforce these restrictions upon us and mean that we would have to go to other areas. And the, the word about Jesus began to spread all the more, which was incredible. We thought it was going to be a difficult and hard time because of persecution, but that actually made us 
And one of the reasons it made us is because we had these habits, we had these routines, we had these ways that even though we were apart, connected us to each other. I mean, you couldn't write a letter, you couldn't send a text, you couldn't FaceTime anyone back when it all started. But we knew that every time we prayed, we were connecting to one another. Every time we spoke the words that Jesus had told us, all of his disciples were telling other people about this. We were connected. Every time we lifted a cup and some bread, we remembered the words that he had told us. I mean, even now, as, as I lift it, I think of the way in which Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, said, this, this is me. When he lifted the, the bread in front of me, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. We didn't understand it at the time, but we came to figure it out. When he lifted the cup that was in front of him, part of the Passover feast, he said, this cup is the new covenant which will give you redemption through my blood, the new forgiveness of sins, the new covenant that will be in me. And so anytime I sit down to have a drink, anytime I, I eat, I pray and give thanks that these things, Jesus' body and blood, there'll be time for us to gather uh, as, a, as a sacrament to remember these things together as a church. But equally, when we're apart, when we're scattered, each time we lift a cup, but each time we eat, we remember Jesus' body broken, we remember Jesus' blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. That through these things, we are united with him and with each other. And so for me, uh, as I would give you this encouragement these thousands of years later on, in the middle of this pandemic that you find yourselves in, these are the moments in which these things become all the more special. Maybe it'll be when you watch this in church on Sunday morning, maybe it'll be at another time, Maybe it'll be when you sit down for your meal on a Monday or a Wednesday or whenever that might be. We as the early church, me as Simon Peter, remember that every time I lifted a bread and drank from any cup, I was forgiven. I denied Jesus three times. I abandoned him in his hour of need. And yet he called me the rock on which he would build his church. And he came to us days afterwards and told me that I would look after his sheep. After I fell, he lifted me up higher than I could ever go. And so this morning for you, wherever you are, maybe it's at home, maybe it's with others, maybe you're listening to this at another time. If you have some food in front of you, maybe it's bread, maybe it's something else. Take it. And in a moment we'll eat this together and you will be united, not only with your friends and family and loved ones and fellow members of Gardnerville Presbyterian Church, but you'll be united with Simon, Peter and me. You'll be united with the disciples. You'll be united with us as we sat that night and Jesus let us remember that this is his body broken for him. 
eat this in remembrance of him. Let's eat it together. When you've finished eating it, take a few moments to pause and reflect. Take a moment to think of what happened at that time. Take a moment in the midst of this pandemic to think, what would you, what would you love? Maybe it's to be back amongst friends. Maybe it's to be with your work colleagues again. Maybe it's to see children or grandchildren. May it be in these moments to be united with God through Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And as we drink, we'll remember the blood of Jesus shed for us that makes that very thing possible. Let's drink together. After those moments when Jesus died and the joy of his resurrection came to our knowledge through Mary, he appeared to us and he showed us his wounds and he said to us, celebrate, rejoice and be glad. My peace I give you, my forgiveness I give you, my joy I give you. I can't stay with you, but the Holy Spirit will. And in that moment, we all remembered the peace that Jesus brought us when he was with us. The joy that he brought us when he was with us. And the forgiveness he brings to us. So we say thanks to him. We say thanks to God the Father. We say thanks to the Holy Spirit for being with us in these moments. And so in his name and in his risen presence, I can say to you, celebrate, rejoice and be glad. The peace, the joy, the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit be yours this day. Let me pray for you now. Teach us, good Lord, to serve you as we did, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to work and not to ask for rest, to labour and not seek for a reward, apart from the noise that we do your will. For all of this we ask in the risen name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to close this service this morning by singing our hymn, Our Father Everlasting.
each other with the words of the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.